Hello and welcome to the Fit Girl Radio, your go-to podcast for everything fitness, health, mindset, and lifestyle to empower you to live your best life. Are you ready to step up your game? Welcome back to Fit Girl Radio. Today, we're going to cover a very interesting topic, and that is the concept of supercompensation. Now, if you've never heard of supercompensation, just putting it in short, this is going to be the phase in your fitness journey where you actually grow. So this is where you grow your muscles and you get stronger. This is the phase that you want to reach. However, it's not always as straightforward and as easy to reach this supercompensation phase. But that is the goal. When you start lifting, your goal is to get into the supercompensation phase a few times so you can always get better, you can increase your muscle size and you can get stronger and you can just in general make progress. Basically, when we are training intensely and we're training properly, our body will go through a number of stages before it's going to adapt to a higher level of performance. And this can go for any type of training. This can go for running, this can go for cycling, for swimming, for whatever it is that you do. It doesn't only have to apply to lifting weights. This final stage is where the actual gains take place, and this is where you will achieve a higher level of performance, and this is then what's called supercompensation. So in this stage, you will actually have a higher level of performance capabilities in comparison to your previous cycle of training. Now, when we want to depict this on a chart, just so you can visualize it before we get started on the ins and outs of supercompensation, You have your base level of fitness. That's your current level, where you're currently at. That's your starting point. When you are training, this curve will slightly decrease. Your fitness level will slightly decline as your body gets more and more exhausted from training. After this period of training, you will have a recovery phase. During recovery, this curve will go upwards again until you reach that base level again, where you started before you started training. So your performance will go up again. Now, after this phase of recovery, this is where you can achieve supercompensation. When you start training again at the right moment, after a sufficient recovery, the curve will go above your base level. So it will go above where you started when you first started training. So that is basically what the curve looks like. However, we can do a lot of things wrong as to not to achieve the supercompensation. And this can go both ways. We can either constantly decrease and increase and decrease and increase always back to your base level or if you're overtraining you can actually go lower and lower each time and your fitness level will actually decline instead of improve now how to reach the supercompensation phase we will start with the first phase and that is training so in this phase you will complete a large volume of training you're going to the gym and you train as hard as you can on each training session Now, after this continuous cycle of training, you will start to become tired and your physical performance will start to decline, which is normal. That's a natural process. Now, in this phase, you have to ensure an adequate training intensity and volume. So it must be just long enough, which then is the volume, and it must be just hard enough, which is then your intensity, to stimulate the body in such a way that it induces structural and functional adaptations. However, it's important to take this just into account. It must be just long enough and just hard enough because when it is too hard, 
and or it is too long, it will break down the body too much and it will actually impede the process of supercompensation. So this is really crucial. You push yourself as hard as you can and you train very hard for a while, but you have to not overdo it. So don't go to the gym seven days a week and go to failure every single time. That's not going to work either. It has to challenge you and it has to push you, but it, it shouldn't be that you're hurting yourself because you're going too hard, for example. Then you're just, you're just hurting your muscles way too much. You're breaking them down way too much. And you should go for just long enough. Don't spend two to three hours in the gym every day. One hour is more than enough. Otherwise, again, you will break down your body too much. Now, after the cycle of training, after the training phase, you go into the second phase, which is recovery. And this one is crucial. In the recovery phase, what you will do is low intensity training. This is sometimes also called regeneration training or active rest. And this phase also includes the rest between training sessions. So we have two types of recovery. We have the rest that you take between training days. And then you have, for example, a continuous cycle of six weeks of training followed by a deload week. And then your deload week will also be a recovery phase. What will happen during this recovery phase is your physical performance will return to the starting level of when you started your training cycle. So that's what we said when we talked about the curve. It will increase again until you get back to your baseline. Now, this low intensity training, this can either be just as it says itself, but it can be active rest, such as going on a walk. That's a type of low intensity training. It's a type of active rest. It can be going into the gym, but doing very lightweight exercises just to get your body moving. But it can also be complete rest where you are stretching and foam rolling and you're just not working out at all. So the recovery phase can be a mix of just taking time to properly rest and doing some stretching and foam rolling, doing some mobility work, or it can be, can be some low intensity training, such as going on a walk. That's a very good type of recovery as well, just going on a walk. This rest period is crucial and that will actually make up most of your training time. Because when you take a complete week, for example, you will be you will spend more time resting than actually training. In an ideal situation, you are training five days a week for about an hour each training session. And maybe you're doing half an hour of cardio a few days a week, but still, there will be more hours spent that week resting rather than training. And that is how it should be. Because insufficient rest or low intensity training prevents the body from achieving that supercompensation state. So you will not be able to reach that if you do not take enough time to recover. Also, why this phase is so crucial is that several biological adaptations will take place. So what will happen in the body when we are resting? Your cell environment will normalize. What does that mean? Your waste products will be removed. So waste products can be built up during your training, such as lactic acid, that will all be removed. Your pH values will normalize and your cell structures will recover. Because when you're training, you are damaging your cell structures and you're, you're damaging your muscles. This will all recover during your recovery phase. What will happen as well is a recovery of the neuromuscular stimulation processes. So tired muscle does not react optimally to stimuli from the nerves. And this will then be restored when the muscle recovers. 
So your nerves send a lot of stimuli to your muscles throughout your training. But when your muscle is tired, it will just not respond to that as it should. And hence, you will not be able to train as well as you could. So it's crucial that that will be that is restored and that will be restored during your recovery phase. Some other biological adapt adaptations that will take place is the concentration and the activity of enzymes and enzymes and hormones will be restored. This is crucial for your, your just your natural hormone production. And the last one is your energy sources will be replenished. So your glycogen and other fuel sources will be restored, which is crucial because a muscle with no energy cannot perform as it should, and it can also not recover as it should. So your energy sources need to be replenished, and that can only be done through rest. Now, we've had with our training phase, we've had our recovery phase, and now we're going into the part that we all want to get into, and that is a super compensation phase. You've trained for a while, you've rested for a while. Now, when you start training again, at a higher intensity after this period of recovery. So you start training again after you've recovered, but you do this at a higher intensity. This is then where your supercompensation will occur. Now your physical performance will increase above the initial level. So what does that mean? You can either handle the same load as before, but with less strain. So you can do it more easily or you can do more reps, or you can manage a more intense load with the same ease. So for example, if I'm doing shoulder press and I was able to do it as my top set, I was able to do 20 kilograms for three reps. When I start training again after this recovery phase and I go for a higher intensity, I might be able to do four or five reps of this 20 kilogram. Or I might be able to do three reps again, but with 22 kilograms. So this is my physical performance that is increasing above my initial level because I can do more and better than I was able to do the first time. But to reach this phase, you must complete the recovery period. Not doing so can result in overtraining and it will hinder the positive effects of supercompensation. And it's also important that when you start training again, you train at a higher intensity. So do not do the exact same thing, exact same reps, exact same weight everything exactly the same as you did before your recovery phase, because then your body doesn't get the stimuli that's needed to increase that performance level. If you want to increase it, you have to push your body to do that. But you'd only have to do that after your recovery phase. Now there is kind of a fourth phase. If your training is not carried out after this period of supercompensation, so say you've gone through the ability to increase your performance level, you're now able to lift heavier or you can do more reps than previously. If training after that is not carried out, then this improvement in your physical capacity will be progressively lost. So it's very important that you continue your training once supercompensation has been achieved. It's basically a cycle that you have to start all over again. So you have your training, recovery, supercompensation, and then you just need to start Again, recovery, training, supercompensation. Because if you completely stop training, all will be lost. Now, having all of that said, we can actually conclude the most important and overriding principles in training, which is the following. Rest or regeneration or, you know, active rest, low intensity training. It is the most essential part of training for inducing optimal biological adaptations. 
When it comes to intensive strength training, you need approximately 48 hours of recovery time before you can train the same muscle again. So let's say in practice, if you want to have two leg days a week, make sure that you wait at least 48 hours between both leg days. However, this is very approximately because some muscles will require more or less recovery than others. So let's say you want to have two leg days. Do not do your first leg day on Monday and your second one on Tuesday. There, are no, there, there aren't 48 hours between that. Just don't do that. If you want to have two leg days, place one on Monday and one on Thursday, for example. Then you have at least these 48 hours that your legs can recover before you are training them again. Now, Taking recovery into the short-term periods, talking about recovery between your training sessions, this actually occurs in three different phases. Your first phase of recovery is zero to six hours after your workout. In this period, so up to six hours post-workout, you need to make sure yet that you take in adequate nutrients. The initial replacement of fuel in the muscles occurs during this phase. So when you are training, you are actually burning through energy or burning through fuel in the muscles. So you are depleting your glycogen stores in your muscles. So what should you do up to six hours after training is you need to refuel your muscles. You need to take in adequate nutrients so that the, that fuel that's lost will be replaced. The second phase is then six to 24 hours post-training. Now your fuel supplies are fully restored within the whole body. So first we're going to focus on um, replacing our fuel in our muscles that we just treat. Then we want to um, replace the fuel in our entire body because your body will be tired from training and that also needs to be fueled. Your energy levels need to be restored. So that will happen between 6 to 24 hours post-training if you take in the proper nutrients, obviously. And then the third phase and the last phase of recovery is between 25 to 36 hours post-training and then your central nervous system recovers. So as we said before, throughout your training, your nerves send stimuli to your muscles. This needs to be recovered as well. And that happens between 25 to 36 hours after your training. So these are three crucial phases of recovery when we are talking about the short-term recovery after an initial training. Now, what's also important is that you take a deload week. So you have, for example, um, you're on a training cycle, you train five days a week, uh, and you repeat the same five days a week for eight weeks straight. You're constantly focusing on this progressive overload. Your workouts are split out in such a way that you have at least 48 hours between training each muscle group. So you have 48 hours. If you train shoulders twice a week, for example, you train it on Monday, there's at least 48 hours before you train them again. So that's how your week is set up. And then every single week, you try to focus on progressive overload. You try to push yourself to always do a little bit better every single week with every single training. This cannot go on forever. Your body at some point will need rest because as we saw, your fitness level will, it will obviously with the progressive overload and with the rest between training sessions, you will achieve these slight super compensations with the rest between your training sessions. But there's also the bigger picture where at a certain point, your body will no longer be able to keep up with you constantly pushing yourself, progressively overloading yourself week after week, day after day. Your body will not be able to keep up. So you also need a bigger recovery phase after this. And this is when a deload week comes in so handy. 
What a lot of programs include is eight weeks of training. Then a ninth week is a deload where you will do the same exercises, you will do the same workouts, but you will do them as a much lower intensity. You will cut back a lot on the weight and cut back a lot on the reps. So you won't be pushing yourself that hard. It will just be a movement where your muscles feel good, but they're not getting excruciatingly, excruciatingly exhausted. That's necessary for them to recover. And this is at a, phase, a phase of regeneration training. You're taking a deal a week, you're dialing down on your weights, you're dialing down on your reps, and your body has time to actually take a full week of recovery. And then when you go into week 10, this is where you can test, test your one rep maxes. If you are focusing on squat, bench, deadlift, reaching a one, a one rep max, this is when you should do it. You've constantly slightly increased your weights, you've progressively overload, you've taken your deload, and this is then where your major super compensation will take place. This is where you, your body will be in the best state possible to actually reach that one rep max, that's the top best that you've been trying to get for so long. Because it's gone to this, to this continuous cycle of training, it has progressively overloaded, you've gotten stronger and stronger, your body has adapted, and now it's gotten a full week of proper rest, and now it's ready to hit it. Everything is restored. Everything that we've talked about, the, the adaptations that happened in your body, they are all fully, completely restored now. And now you can hit that one rep max. So I hope that kind of made sense on this whole process of supercompensation and what that means between training sessions and what that means in the bigger picture when we talk about a 10-week period, for example. And I hope you got some stuff out of it on what you should do and how you should set up your training in such a way that you are in the best way, best state possible to reach a super compensation. One thing we haven't really talked about now is how to do this recovery. So recovery uh, can be done through several different things. The most important, obviously, are your nutrients, drinking enough water, and doing your stretching, mobility, your formula. These are the three, if you are good on those, and that's a very good starting point, make, make sure that you fuel yourself properly with the proper nutrition. Make sure that you do your stretching and your foam rolling. This will help tremendously with recovery of your muscles and make sure that you drink plenty of waters, water. Some other things that can be done uh, are, for example, some muscle, like the, the massages that they do, deep tissue massage, that can help with recovery. Doing an ice bath can help with recovery. Um, but those are very specific things and you have to be careful with those as well because it's not always, the, the, the more that you do isn't always better. There has to be, you always have to stay kind of in the in-between, you know, don't, don't overdo it either. So, but if you stick to your, your stretching, your foam rolling, your nutrition, drinking enough water, and every once in a while you try to get a deep tissue massage if you really need it, or you take an ice bath, that's also very good for recovery as well. But it's not, it's not necessary. It's not that you will make progress if you don't take an ice bath. You know, <laughs> you don't have to do that. That's, that's more if you are in, if you are a lot further in your fitness journey and you're competing and, you know, then those things can make a difference. But if, if this is just a lifestyle for you, then those things are not fully necessary. That's more for like the pro athletes. All right. I hope this helped. I hope you have a better idea now on how this all works, how the process of supercompensation works and what you should implement in your training to actually achieve that. 
Thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button for new podcasts every single week. Check out my socials in the show notes for more content. And let me know what your thoughts on this podcast were by leaving a reading on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. Yeah.